You're listening to the Phillies Nation podcast with Ty Daubert and Johnny Heller on philliesnation.com. What's going on, everybody? You're listening to another episode of the Phillies Nation podcast. I'm your host, Johnny Heller. Uh, we're recording this on Wednesday. Uh, the Phillies were officially eliminated from the playoffs on Sunday, even though everything that had to happen, had to go right for them, went right, except they... Um, didn't win the game, which is really the most important part. So uh, another season without playoff baseball for the Phillies. Um, but there are eight games on tap for today. So we might, we might talk a little bit about that. Um, as always, I'm joined by my, my co-host, Ty Daubert. Ty, how you doing? I'm doing well. Like you said, everything went right for the Phillies, except the only thing that they could control themselves. That was the only. That was the only thing. Well, Winning the game. I mean, they had to. They had to win. They, I, when uh, when we had Ray on two weeks ago, and we said, I guess it was like a week and a half ago, because I was on a Friday, and we said, you know, do we think they're gonna make the playoffs? My reasoning for saying they would is because I looked at the other team schedules, and I was like, the Phillies just have to win a few of these games. That's it. They don't have to play super well. They just have to go five hundred, maybe a little worse than five hundred. And they went out there. They went one and seven in their last two, last eight games, and they still almost made it. They had to win one more game, and it's I mean it's it's frustrating in the scope of a season in which there were so many so many games that they blew late and like had big leads in. Um, so yeah, just not a not a great ending to the season for the Phillies. Yeah, exactly. They just needed to win one more of those at the end. They couldn't do it. Um, but that doesn't even mean that it was one of the ones at the end that they had to win. I mean, they did play a really good team in the Tampa Bay Rays. But you just think back to all the losses, like you said, and they just had to win one of them. I had a friend text me uh, the other day after they were officially eliminated, and he said, um, "What what's the, the first game that comes to your mind when you think of they just one of their losses had to be a win? And... and the, the first one that, that came to my mind was, of course, the dropped pop-up against the Orioles. Uh, they came back in extras, and they still lost after an inside-the-park home win. run. <laughs> after an inside-the-park home run. That's the one that comes to my mind. Is there any more that come? There are there are a ton. Well, I mean, the, the, uh, the doubleheader in Buffalo, like the first game they were up by seven in the first inning and they're still up like I don't remember what the score is like seven three or something in the fifth like they should have won that game um that was the game that basically uh prompted the the blockbuster trades right. for the Phillies. right right the next day yeah and I mean work workman blew a save in his first game they lost remember that that was the like the the night before they started their little that was the night um, before the the, the Roman Quinn play. the yeah. Roman Quinn nap play which almost yeah. was another blown save yeah. for Workman. Yeah. Um, I, I also think the, the game on the second game with the doubleheader on, was that Tuesday? Where I which, guess we, which one? The, where Workman gave a walk-off home run to this. Uh, oh, yeah. had like 15 at-bats in the yeah, to I don't even remember his name. On the Nationals. On the Nats, yeah. Yeah, Hernandez. Hernandez yeah so I mean that's the thing is like you look back and there are just so many of those losses and um, I think like watching them this season obviously everyone's talked so much about the bullpen and like if the bullpen was just a little bit better like I think if you 
if you isolate the Phillies, if you look at the Phillies offense now that they had this season, the Phillies rotation they had this season, and you give them the 2019 bullpen, which wasn't spectacular, but it was fine. Like, they probably coast to the playoffs. They probably win 36 games, you know? Yeah. Would it, you, yeah, agree. I agree. Yeah, I agree. And, I mean, but there's also – a number of things uh, that, that could have changed it. Maybe if they don't trade for Workman and Hembry, they make the playoffs just because of how bad those two were for the Phillies. Right. If you let guys like Ramon Rosso and Connor Brogdon figure it out, and it looked like at least Brogdon really did by the end of the year, he figured it out. If you have him figure it out a little earlier and then he's good for a little bit longer down the stretch, they might make the playoffs. Like if they don't trade for those guys, you might have seen – some of the younger guys, you know, Romero's in that mix. You might see them figure it out, and they pick up an extra win somewhere in there. And right. that's they, what's really they, crazy, just to see how poorly that trade worked yeah. out. They just let Naris, like, kind of settle in a little more and, and close the whole season. And, yeah, I mean, I think Brogdon might be outside of Alec Boehm, who we can talk about a little bit later. Like, I think Connor Brogdon is probably the biggest bright spot. Maybe, oh, uh, the, like, it was only, what, five games? Like, that is – really really something to build on for him and, and for for them to have what looks like a a back-end bullpen piece who can come in and and strike guys out um you know pump 98 like that's big for them um he looked awesome and and to a lesser extent Jojo Romero I know he he struggled in a couple of outings towards the end of the year like still another guy who who looks like he can get major league outs out of the bullpen and that's that's big considering what happened this year, how not ready the bullpen was in general. Yeah, and and you mentioned Bohm there. That's another one where if he's on the roster from day one of the season, and say you replace Scott Kingery's production with Alec Bohm right. to start the year, they probably pick up another win Yeah, and make yeah. the playoffs. Yeah. And, you know, whether it was because they just wanted to see what they had in, in Kingery, even uh, – you know, after he, he got sick and, and he had some injuries, so if they just wanted to see what they had with him or was it because of service time, service they wanted yeah. that what That's what seems imagine, a little bit I, more likely. Uh, it might have cost them a playoff st- spot, right, not having right. him up right at the beginning of the year. Yeah. I mean, I also think um, the, the Reese Hoskins injury really killed them. Um, like, yeah, I, I he, tweeted the stat right after the loss. They were 5-12 right. and 12 after he yeah. went down. Yeah, big stat guy. Uh, Robert. Um, but Hoskins, like, I think you texted this to me one time, um, that their last three September collapses, collapses have, like, coincided with Hoskins either being hurt. I, I or, said like, it on I said it on here. Oh, you said it on here. Yeah, either him being hurt or him um, disappearing at the plate. And, like – yeah, the pitching wasn't great the past couple of weeks. Like, it hasn't been all season. But they also – there were some games where they were scoring, especially in the Blue Jays series. But in general, they were not scoring runs. Against, like, the Rays, it's one thing. It's a good – a really good pitching staff. Maybe the best all around in baseball, like, in terms of depth and, and dudes who can just come in and, and get out. But, like, against the Nationals, like, Eric Fetty, you, you, can't, you can't hit him? What Austin Voth, is that the dude who threw a complete game? Like – they have to be able to hit those guys, and, and they couldn't. Like, Hoskins was in the lineup, and they couldn't hit 
Um, you know, a pitcher who's coming in with an ERA over seven. Um, that hurts. And I think also in, in games where they well, – we've talked about this too, and, and you said it's not really that big an issue, and I, I somewhat agree. Like, they like to score early and then not score the rest of the game. It's not a big, big deal. But, you know, obviously when your bullpen disappears, it's – or, you know, gives up runs, it's better not to disappear. Yeah, I, I think the Phillies scored in those last 17 games after Hoskins got hurt. It was something like 3.9 runs a game, something like that. And before that, I, I don't know what the exact number, but when they were going well, it was like they were scoring five runs a game at least, right? So the the, the yeah. offense just yeah. – the offense kind of kind of disappeared a little bit at the end. I don't know if you can blame the, the season or missing the playoffs on them. You're not gonna. You're not gonna just carry a team the whole year. You're, you're gonna have a two-week stretch where your players aren't hitting, especially when your first or second best hitter is hurt, and another one of your important hitters in Real Muto is hurt, and you're replacing him with Andrew Knapp, who had a really good year, but he wasn't gonna sustain the pace he was at early in the season, and you, you kind of saw him uh, regress a little bit. Overall, he still had a really good year, but I, I, you couldn't expect him to hit 400 all season. Right. And, and you yeah. saw that at the end of the year. And you're missing Real Muto. You know, you have some some players banged up. Bruce wasn't that great after he came back from, from injury. Gosling cooled off at the end of the year. Right. It, it just happens. It happens. Yeah. And, you know, they, the injuries hurt them. And the pitching couldn't, couldn't pick up the, the offense when it wasn't as great at the end of the year. Yeah, and over a 162-game season, like, we don't know how this plays out. Um, you know, we're, we're 60 games in, and, and they've already figured out that Boehm should be, you know, hitting second or third or, or fifth, whatever it may be. So when you have Hoskins back all of a sudden, your, op- your lineup is optimized for the final, what, 90 or 100 games of the season. Um, so, obviously, the shortened season – I mean, like, the short season, it's going to help teams. It's going to hurt teams. Like, that's just how it goes when you're only playing 60 games. And it's not an excuse for them to only win 28 games when, um, you know, they, they've clearly gone – I don't want to – they haven't gone all in, but they've clearly built a team they think should, should be winning games, and, and it hasn't gone that way. But I, I, I do think it, it, it might have gone differently um, over the course of a full season. Like, they wouldn't, they wouldn't have – you mentioned the the workman trade. They wouldn't have traded for him in in April. Like that's essentially what they did this year. You know, twenty games in, they wouldn't have traded for Phelps, or they would have kind of righted it out. We talked about this with the bullpen and, and how it might have, um, you know, fixed itself, and they would have figured out who works, who doesn't, and and um, in general had a had a better overall season. You know, who knows? Yeah, I agree. I agree. Let kind of the same sentiment that I uh, of what I was saying earlier I, I do think some of these young bullpen arms figure it out over the course of a longer season it looked like some of them had it figured out uh, in different points throughout the year I, I think a longer a longer I, I'm I think a longer season would have helped the Phillies this year I think maybe earlier in the year we said that it uh, that a short season would have helped the Phillies like before the season. And I think our, our thinking there was that it looked like you'd get a full season of Spencer Howard where uh, in a full season, in a 162 game season, he would have been more limited. Well, 
he came up late to begin with. He wasn't great when he was up and then he got hurt. So that kind of didn't even make a difference. Um, maybe, you know, if you don't have him in a 162 game season or maybe what you would have had would have been better. He had time to come back from an injury. Uh, maybe that plays out differently, but even if he's a complete non factor in the 162 game season, basically like he was in the 60 game season, I, I just think that the the people around him would have had more time to, to figure things out. And uh, the bullpen, the bullpen in a 162 game season could not be worse than it was in a 60 game season. They had arms that were uh, more talented than they were pitching it, a huge list of, of names, you know, who knows if they have Phelps, like you said, but even Naris I think is better over 162. Um, so I, I just think that a longer season would have, would have helped them a little bit more uh, kind of progress to the mean over a longer season where, you know, before the season, we didn't expect the bullpen to be this historically bad. Maybe we had questions whether they'd be good, but um, without taking into account how bad they would be in the short stretch, uh, we were we were a little bit off on uh, how we thought the shorter season would affect the Phillies. Yeah, definitely. And, um, you know, just moving forward, like, yeah, we we're, next week we're going to um, talk about what we think happens with the free agents, you know, Kibi uh, Gregorius, J.C. Romuto, um, Jake Arrieta, um, and, and everyone else who, whose contract is expired or maybe who's going to be non-tendered, whatever it may be. But, and we'll talk about our, our ideal off-seasons later. But um, right now, like, in general, what do you think has to be done to fix this? Because I think um, – you know, starting starting more so in, in 2019, but even in 2018, they signed Arietta, they signed Carlos Santana, and 2019 they went. They didn't go all in, but they they traded for JT Romuto. They, I think they went all in. Yeah, as much as you in. can, as much as you can do in one off season. Like yeah, maybe they true. maybe they do something ridiculous, uh, but those additions, like that's that's close to all in. Right, and, and, you know, they traded Sixto Sanchez, who, by the way, is going to make a, a playoff start before Aaron Ola. Um, they traded him for two years of JT Realmuto, and, and who knows if they, they acquire or if they re-sign Realmuto or not, but as it stands right now, he could walk, and they, they went 81-81 and 81 in his first year and, and 28-32 and in his second year and missed the playoffs. You know, how do you – where do you go from here? How do you – like, how fixable is this? Because – the last two seasons, I think, have been just absolute disappointments for, for this team. Um, there have been, like, individual guys who have who have uh, shined, like, I think, Bohm this year, maybe Zach Eflin. Aaron Nola has had a, had a great 2018. Um, the Wheeler contract looks good, but overall, you know, they, they're not winning. Um, so, so where do you think they go from here? Yeah, the, the, core is, um, the core is too good to give up on, I think. I just think uh, at this point, even if you're not going to become the Dodgers or something like that, you know, especially with the new expanded playoffs, if they happen to keep that, you don't have to be the best team because of how short some of the early series are. Uh, You just got to get hot in the playoffs just like any other year. But uh, in the future, it's even a little more random. So I just think you have to keep adding to this 
to this core that the Phillies have of, you know, guys like Nola and Wheeler and Hoskins and Harper and we'll see about Real Mito. Probably Real Mito. I, I would still think that they bring him back, but we'll have to see. And even if they don't bring him back, I'm sure they'll bring back another talented player in his spot. Maybe not quite as expensive and as good as Real Mito will be. But they're going to bring – He's the – he's the – the top free agent is like, yeah, after, correct. as soon as Mookie Betts signed that extension, like it became real Muto. Um, like that could affect the, the market for him. I think it like, he's the guy. Um, and I wonder, you know, if, if another, what do you think there's a chance another team prices him out of a range they're comfortable with? Yeah, I think there's a chance. And I think a team could go longer on years than maybe the Phillies or, yeah. I would want to sign a catcher that's going to be 30. Um, so we'll have to see. But the point I was making is they just have to do better on the the fringes of the roster and kind of on the, um, on the, you know, I can't think of the word that I was going to use, but the, the fringe moves, those have to be better. The, you know, it was the bullpen this year, kind of the more the back end of the rotation last year they just have to they have to do better on those they have to hit on some guys and if that means you have to spend a little more money and go over the luxury tax to make this team um like a legit contender then then so be it you know the Phillies have talked about they don't want to go over the luxury tax until they're convinced that it would be the kind of move to um put them over the top and compete for for a title but that doesn't come always in in one player I, I think if you can, you know, maybe you think of that, if they could have signed Mookie Betts this offseason, they would have went over the tax for him and he makes them a contender. Well, this core is already really good. And if you have to sign like five good players, that would put you over the tax, but, you know, fills out and rounds out your roster, that could make you a contender, even if it isn't the biggest name. And if going over the luxury tax and paying the CVT is the – is uh, the only way you can get that done. I think you have to do that. But, you know, we're, we've seen some reports that the Phillies are um, – they're laying off employees. That report came from from Matt Gelb of The Athletic. And, uh, you know, so maybe it seems like the Phillies are going to claim they don't have the money. Maybe that affects the Real Muto signing. Maybe that has other implications on the luxury tax situation you know, baseball owners tend to do this. They like to say things like how baseball is not profitable. uh, And this year, you know, with no fans and a short season, it would not be shocking to see baseball owners unwilling to spend uh, with the the revenue losses or whatever. But that might be the only way for this team because it doesn't seem like there's – there's some good – there's some good pieces in, in the minor league system, uh, but it's not too incredibly deep in the upper minors at this point. There are some guys like we saw with Brogdon and Romero and Rosso, but um, they're going to have to spend, uh, they're going to have to spend some money and they're going to have to, they're going to have to hit on the right guys. Like just throwing money at the problem uh, doesn't always fix it, but they're going to have to choose wisely the players that they decide to sign. But um they're going to have to find some quality players to really round out this roster. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's really just a matter of having a deeper team. Um, like you said, um, and, and 
we, we don't really have to go into this until uh, the situation's all said and done, but what do you think they do about uh, Matt Klintak? Because there have been reports that Middleton is still weighing it. You know, I know Major League Baseball doesn't like these these things to come out during the playoffs, so people thought it could be Monday. But last year, they just, you know, Gabe Kapler was still coming into work for two weeks after the season. Not sure if he would have a job, and then ultimately they fired him. Uh, so, like, it looks like we might get that same sort of process. Uh, but what do you think ends up happening? Yeah, so Bob Brookover of The Inquirer, the other day he said, uh, he reported that a source told him that it didn't look like they would fire Klintak. And then today, uh, I think it was this morning, he um, made another report that it could be it, his firing, Matt Klintak's, could be imminent. So uh, at this point, you know, maybe they're leaning towards firing him. But who really knows? And, you know, if they could, they could get a really good GM. And I don't think we always know who the best GMs are going to be. I think the easiest kind of answer to that is just take one of the next two GM uh, people from like the Rays or the Dodgers or something. One of those organizations that always seems to have it figured out. Just take their, uh, their, whoever's just below their, their general manager or uh, just below their president of baseball operations. But, you know, a change in this front office could work because, you know, they haven't made the playoffs in the, I guess, what, six, five, six seasons now that Matt Klintak has been the general manager. But he's also put together a good core. I think that's pretty undeniable. He's put together a good core, um, not flawless or anything like that. But I think that I think that they are just a few moves away from being a really good baseball team. So if they go a different direction, I think that's understandable. But I also think that this front office very well could figure it out at this point. I've liked some of their drafts and their player development hires over the last uh, couple of years. I, I think that the situation they inherited, um, they were super far behind on analytics and, and scouting advanced scouting, advanced metrics uh, with uh, amateur players, things like that. So um, I don't know what the right answer is with that one. I, I do know that this team has, uh, has a really good core, like I've said probably 50 times already this episode. But they should just go with, go with whoever they think can, can round out this roster and make it a contender. If they think that uh, Matt Klintak and his front office has a good plan for that. Go ahead and go ahead and keep him. But if, if you don't think that if you, if you don't trust that he can do that, I mean, last year and this year, he wasn't, he wasn't able to do that, I guess. So um, if you think another direction would be the right kind of, kind of way to go, I think that's definitely understandable. Where, where would you go? Well, so I want to first say, like, I agree with you in terms of Matt Klintak has built, like, a, a, a pretty good core. I mean, some of that, Nola was drafted, and Nola and Hoskins are, are draft picks from before um, he was here. Eflin was acquired before he was here. Um, so some of that wasn't really him. But I think that the moves that have, like, the, the single move that really, like, handicapped the Phillies the most 
um, like if they weren't willing to go over the luxury tax, was signing Jake Arrieta to that that deal. Um, imagine if they had that twenty five extra twenty five million dollars free these past two seasons, and you know you you need a, another starter, but um, that's just the move uh, money that could have been better better allocated um, to get you know a couple relievers and and you know a third or fourth starter rather than putting it all into a guy who won a Cy Young, you know, a few years ago and, and hasn't, has been, had, had he been on the decline after that. And, uh, you know, who, who knows how much of that move was Klentak versus Middleton. Um, and that's not to make excuses for the, the, the team being the way it is now. I'm just saying, if you're not willing to go over the luxury tax, you can't. And like, you know, the next off season, you're going to do, try to sign Bryce Harper to a mega deal. Like they, they knew that they were going to do that. Like you can't just like, Oh, here we already have a first baseman, but here let's give 60 million to another first baseman. And now let's give, you know, 75 million to a, a starting pitcher who looks to be on the decline. Like you have to be more savvy with, with those types of moves. Um, and I think that's, that's been their biggest issue because if they had more money this, uh, this off season, I'm sure they would have spent on a bullpen, but they, they decided after last year that the rotation was the biggest issue and they put that into Zach Wheeler, which I think that that was a good move. And I think Didi Gregorius was a fine signing. Like, I think those are two moves that absolutely worked out, but um, they just didn't have any money left over to put into a bullpen. And that was, that was really the biggest issue this year was the bullpen. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, not, again, not to make excuses for how the team was put together, but I I think, you know, the year before they signed, Robertson to a pretty big deal and then the other arm they were counting on the year before was Sir Anthony Dominguez a player that they developed themselves and both of those guys have been hurt and you know that when you're planning on them to be there and be part of your uh, team both in the in the uh, present and the future and, and they get hurt that does that <laughs> puts a that that affects your team. That affects how your team's going to work and how your bullpen's going to work. Now, um, they didn't have the depth to to make up for that, and I think that's where the real problem is. Because uh, you can't when you sign David Robertson, they signed they signed him and Andrew McCutcheon, and a lot of what we heard was oh, these guys they never get hurt. Durability, durability. Let's go. They they never get hurt. Well, they both got hurt. Um, and if you don't have the depth to to make up for that if you haven't developed the depth uh, to be able to put players in there and get similar production or nearly as good production, or at least produce enough to keep your team afloat, you know, that you're not going to perform well when things go wrong because things, things often go wrong for a baseball team over the course of season. Right. You mentioned that you liked their, their drafts the last couple of years. And I think um, speaking directly about the bullpen, like last the, the 2019 draft, they just went out and they, they drafted a bunch of guys who just like throw hard um, and projected as relievers. So I think they are trying to come around to, to you know, when, when they played the Rays and the Blue Jays this year, it's like these guys are coming out of the pen one after another, pumping a hundred and yeah. Throw, throw high nineties, good, good spin rate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so like, I don't think they've been, they've just been like, stuck in the past and not wanting to you know improve with that 
they have. It's just, it takes time. And, and um, again, I, I obviously plenty of faults and, and um, they should have done that like that based on what they were spending this year and, and um, the core they have, they should have been able to put together a team that went to the playoffs and they, they didn't. And that, like you said, if they, if there's a, the move, uh, a change in the front office, that's, you know, that's totally understood. And, and, um, possibly like the right call um but yeah I, I i agree in general like maybe maybe they they can figure it out too um but you know we're going to spend the next what month or two kind of dissecting different different things like free agents and and clentac and and all all these different things on this podcast so i want to take the last 10 15 minutes talk a little bit about playoff baseball uh so we have eight games today there's actually one starting we're, we're recording it's noon right now and there's a postseason baseball game on at noon which i think is awesome i know i don't like so i i really hate never a games never feel big like this doesn't that's true that doesn't true. feel like a playoff but game. like it, it feels more like march madness um which is kind of weird but i i do appreciate being able to watch baseball all day um do you have like any any teams you think are gonna gonna you know make a surprise run or or any of that? I, mean, I think I think Miami's gonna go deeper than people think. You know, they've never lost a playoff series in their franchise's <laughs> existence. They've yeah. never lost one. Uh, yeah. You know, this team is obviously different than 2003 and 1997. Uh, this team isn't as good as those teams. I know those teams were. Well, that's the big. Those teams were wild. They had some. They had some good players, man. Uh, Hall of Fame level players, even. But you know, I think that's a it's a good pitching staff. We've talked about it since as long as I can remember. We knew that the Mar- Marlins were going to make the playoffs. Anyone who listens to the podcast knows that we knew. We knew. We did. We did. Um, I think they're going to win at least one playoff series. Yeah, I think. I think Alcantara and. Uh, Sixto Sanchez are going to shove, and they should have. I wish Meyer was on that roster. Their first yeah. round pick, number th- number three overall, I guess. Yeah, I wish he was up. That'd be cool. You're seeing a lot of prospects uh, coming up, and it, well, a ton of people made their debuts this year, and a ton of prospects are getting called up for the playoffs or were called up at the end of the year. Um, you know, there's definitely problems in that. You know, you if you think a player is good enough for the playoffs, why were they not up all season? Other than you know you want to manipulate their service time, there's definitely questions about that. But it is cool to see uh, really talented young players going out there on the biggest stage in baseball and playing in the playoffs. That's really interesting to see. And you know, I have my reservations about expanded playoffs. I think it's fine for this year because of how weird it was. I don't really want to see it in the future, but I'm going to, you know, I can't change that. I, I can voice my criticisms of it and uh, hopefully, you know, the right people can hear that and make the right decisions on it. But if they're going to put expanded playoff baseball in front of me, I guess I'm going to watch it. Yeah. I'd enjoy it. Like, that's how I feel. I I hope they don't. I know Rob Manfred said a couple weeks ago that they're going to keep it. I hope they don't, but if they do, like, it is, you know, 
I think they would need to reseed. I, I don't I don't like the division um, you know, two teams in each division. I, I just think you should do if you're gonna if you're gonna do eight teams to make the playoffs, if you're gonna do the NBA system, you might, you might as well do it the same way. Um, like keep We're the divisions for, like, for scheduling purposes and do a one through eight seed. I like I like division winners. I I do like division okay, winners. That's fine. Uh, division winners. Mate, like this year, this year seeds. it's a little. This year it's a little ridiculous because they only played in their divisions. Right. And, you know, some right. divisions just got to beat up on the rest of their bad division. Right. Um, I think the division winners should take it, and then um, they should get the top three seeds. How about this? Uh, How about this idea just popped in my right. head? The first. Okay. The number one team in the league wins their division. Uh, they get to pick their opponent out of the non-division winners. They get to pick their opponent. The, I uh, agree. The number that two, be... the number two in the league that won the division, they get to pick the next opponent remaining. Number three uh, gets get number three gets their pick, and then the two remaining teams play each other. I, I think like that'd that. be cool. I want to see it on TV. Awesome. I want the best player, the team captain on the division winners to go out there on TV. And, you know, Mookie Betts says, um, hey, I don't know who's running. Hey, Reds, we want to play you. Like, that'd be awesome. Yeah. That would be the narrative, like the – People have know, made that – people have came up with that idea for basketball a million times. Yeah. But I want to see it. Yeah, yeah. I agree. That would be fun. Um, but back to, back to these playoffs. Um, set of games last night. Uh, Lucas Giolito almost threw a, or a perfect game. He, I mean, he carried it into the seventh, so I guess I shouldn't say almost, but that was pretty cool. Uh, so I had I had the if Indians it was a doubleheader, it would have been almost. That's true. I had the the Indians as my World Series pick. <laughs> Shane they're, Bieber they're got not, absolute, they They're not going to win that that series. I picked them to win the series and then lose the next. The race. Um, I I yeah. I think Cleveland's losing. I think the Yankees are going to win. Yeah, maybe. Uh, the Twins will never win a playoff game again. That's just a bummer, but whatever. Um, but I am, like, I obviously the Dodgers and, like, maybe the Rays to a, a lesser extent are in, um, you know, a class by themselves. But as we saw last year, it doesn't really matter in the playoffs. Like, anything can happen. And so I, I hope there's some weird stuff. I hope the Brewers beat the Dodgers, like, Let's have some fun with it, and yeah, it'll be it'll be a really fun couple weeks. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think having it in a neutral site kind of sucks, to be honest. Yeah, I don't love it at the neutral site. Yeah, yeah, is what it is. Yeah, I mean, if they think it's the safest, whatever. Like you have to do it, but right, right. Yeah. Um, do you have any final thoughts before we wrap up? Our first full season of Phillies baseball, covering it on this podcast, talking about yeah. it. It's in the books. I mean, how about it? We thought it might never come. Yeah. And there was points this spring, early this summer, where we were worried whether baseball would ever come and whether we would ever be able to talk about an actual Phillies game. We got to talk about 60 of them. Uh, they weren't the prettiest games ever played, but it happened. I had a good time doing it. We're approaching one year of this podcast, just a couple more weeks. Yeah. Uh, it's been fun. 
it certainly has been fun and uh, appreciate anyone who's been listening and uh, looking forward to some more, you know, I think the next year. Yeah. And I think, you know, there's aspects of the mid season episodes that are great. And I think there's aspects of the off season that are also great. The problem was, you know, was, when too much off season when it got pushed back and we were like what do we do so we we did what we did an episode for every single season since 2012 that was that was was like took up two months that was fun we had some we had some really good guests this year um hope to have some more in the next year and uh yeah hopefully we get to you know record 162 game season worth of podcasts instead of you know 60 it's too short yeah more baseball definitely but uh yeah uh that'll do it for this episode of the phillies nation podcast uh we'll be coming at you with another episode next week and uh we're gonna dive into you know all all things phillies offseason you can listen to the phillies nation podcast with ty daubert and johnny heller every wednesday on philliesnation.com and all streaming services.